Bitcoin, crypto bubbles, passive indexation. There's a lot of financial jargon out there. Old Mutual can help you make sense of it all and give you great advice to make the right decisions. If you've got a question or want to know how to get the most out of your money, call them on 0860 60 60 60 or speak to an Old Mutual financial advisor or your broker. Today's the day. Get great financial advice so you can do great things. Old Mutual is a licensed financial services provider. You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. Well, The Money Show is brought to you by Old Mutual, a licensed financial services provider. Today's the day. Get great financial advice. Do great things. We've got Bob van Dijk holding uh, online this evening from Amsterdam. We'll talk to him there. He's the chief executive at Naspers. So the disclosure today that Naspers will make 115 billion rand from the sale of just 2% of 10 cent. We'll talk all about that this evening. Andrew Bryson's our market commentator from Sunland Private Wealth. Lots of activity on the JSE to talk about, but the big one we're waiting for and i'm not sure that it's going to happen at any point in the next 50 minutes and 30 seconds and that is whether moody's will take the decision to downgrade south africa's credit rating it seems so unlikely that it will it really does um, seem unlikely that it will anything is possible however it would be a slap in the face to the turnaround strategy of Sir Ramaphosa however if it was to downgrade us and put us on the same level as Fitch and S&P Global because that would put us deep into sub-investment grade that would lead to forced sales of bonds on on our markets that would lead to currency depreciation would lead to inflation risks and next week's interest rate cut would be out of the window. As things stand right now, however, we remain investment grade by the skin of our teeth and there's a good chance that we could get a fairly meaty interest rate cut next week. I'm holding out at this stage for 50 basis points. That's me just being ambitious because everyone else is saying 25, I'll go 50. If you're going to go large, go large. Otherwise, don't bother going at all. Bob van Dijk in a moment. The Money Show on Cape Talk. Your number one news and talk station. That's why they never get wishful thinkers as policy makers. NASPAT's announcing today it's completed what it calls the accelerated offering of 10 cent shares. That means it has reduced its stake in 10 cent, the Hong Kong based Chinese internet company, from 33.2% to 31.2%. That sale yielding $9.8 billion. Give or take, it's 115 billion rand. The company is saying the funds will be used to prop up Nasparis' balance sheet and will be invested over time in development businesses, which Nasparis already owns. The commitment from Nasparis today that it will not sell any other 10 cent shares for at least three years. Bob van Dijk is the chief executive at Nasparis on the line to us from Amsterdam. When you look at the huge drop in value of 10 cent over the last couple of days since the results on Wednesday, Bob van Dijk, do you wish you'd sold more? No, absolutely not. And um, we we are, and I think that is actually illustrated by our uh, three-year uh, lockup. We're extremely confident about the future prospects of 10 cent um, is led by, by probably the most impressive technology leadership team in the world, and I think their future is very bright. Uh, then the question begs, why sell the 2% stake that you have sold in Tencent if the future is as bright as you say it is? Yeah, it's much driven by opportunity, right? So we, we've seen that in the e-commerce businesses we invested in in the last few years, we've been able to drive excellent returns at well in excess of 20%, um, and we see 
very substantial further opportunity to scale those businesses more and to get them to profitability quicker, grow into adjacencies. And we wanted to really give ourselves the opportunity to have the flexibility to pursue those further growth opportunities. Uh, the money, I'm assuming, all stays offshore. None of it finds its way trickling back into South Africa. So we're going to look very much at, at opportunities across the across the world and including including in South Africa. I think in, if you look in the last year, uh, we have invested in, in really exciting e-commerce businesses in South Africa. We've invested more in in Kalahari, it's in Kalahari and Bakelot, <laughs> um, as well as in, in, in Mr. D food delivery. So I think opportunities are everywhere, and when we see great things, we'll go after them. Um, Alan Chutsky on my SMS line uh, says, uh, asks whether or not NASPAS will be liable in South Africa for capital gains tax on the gain. The fact that the money is not um, coming via South Africa and then going to be spent elsewhere in the world suggests to me that you will avoid that eventuality in this country. Yeah, so the the exact tax implications are, are actually different depending on, on uh, who, who buys the shares and, and would, would probably take most of the time we, we have today, um, but there are there are um, capital gains tax for certain shareholders and for other shareholders over time there will be dividend taxes and other taxes. So again, in, in all, it contributes to to us being one of the, the very largest taxpayers in the country, which we um, which we contributed with to the country uh, with pleasure. Uh, I mean, is there, have you got a number um, in in the region? I mean, this is 115 billion rand. Um, uh, which is a, a capital gain on the sale. You bought the stake in ten cent, or your predecessor, Chris Becker, bought the stake in ten cent for thirty-three million dollars. It's uh, that stake now worth more than two trillion rand. You've got one hundred and fifteen billion rand of that stake now realised. How much of that is likely to end up in South Africa's tax coffers? Yeah, I think over time, uh, what we will see. Again, as, as a company, you are indeed the value is in your future stream of dividends, and dividend taxes at uh, at 20 percent, at 20 percent, sort of direct and indirect, but it would, should be at least that over time. Uh, and so, there is quite a substantial tax benefit then for the South African fiscus. No, ab- absolutely, and I think I think in the end, right? So, um, it's it's easy to underestimate, but when when our uh, share price grows, which is done a lot over time. Um, and uh, the, the, the gains that are made get realized, right, because our shares have a very significant turnover. Uh, about 70% of all our shares get, get, get bought and sold every year. And if we, um, if we then have gains like we've had in the last few years, that leads to very significant capital gains tax for uh, South Africa, which I think is a good contribution. Um, when you look at the how you're going to be using this 100, 115 billion rand, how are you going to deploy it? Are you going to be deploying it within existing businesses that you have already, or are there acquisitions that you've got your, your sights on? Yeah, so in terms of the sectors that we will deploy the, deploy the capital in, so the, the, the business lines, it will very much be in the similar business lines we've invested in in the last few years. So we love classifieds. We love online food delivery. We like our, our, our payments and fintech space. So it will be in those sectors. And within those, uh, we'll see both organic opportunities, but also, but also M&A. Um, and the burden of responsibility that the returns that you need to make of the money that you've earned from the sale in 10 cent shares, do you feel a burden of responsibility for those returns to outstrip the returns from 10 cent? Because the outlook for 10 cent, as you've intimated yourself, remains very, very positive indeed. Yeah, we, we 
Uh, we see it as, as our um, uh, primary task uh, versus our shareholders to deliver an excellent return. And if you look at uh, all our investments in, in uh, e-commerce, except Tencent, we managed to deliver an average 23% return on those investments. And that has actually gone up in the last few years. So um, uh, we have the intention to continue to do that as well as we've done before. Because if you don't, of course, the pressure next in three years' time, when you look to relinquish some more of your ten cent shares, possibly your shareholders will say, "No, no, we'd rather have you unbundle the shares to us, so that we can decide what to do with the money, rather than allow you to use that capital." And so the the pressure is on you to drive those returns. Yeah, and interestingly, that 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 story uh, uh, has been told to us for about a about a decade. Suggestion that to unbundle Tencent, mm. and I think there are several shareholders pretty happy that we didn't. Yeah, I mean, and you still retain that thirty-one point two percent stake in Tencent. It's a substantial stake. From a regulatory perspective in China, are there restrictions as to what you can and cannot do with those shares? No, there are no restrictions. We're we're a normal shareholder like like every other. So, if you chose in three years' time to sell or unbundle or do whatever you liked with those Tencent shares, you would be free to do so. Yeah, as I said, we, we are a shareholder like, like uh, any other. Um, it, it, it is not likely we'd like to, to do something like that, but, but we mm. could. But the commitment to not sell any more shares for three years, what's informed that particular time frame? So there, there's two main reasons. One is that we, have, we, we still have a very significant shareholding and we want it to be crystal clear that our confidence is very high. In Tencent, that we we believe that that team can deliver for even from uh, the, the significant size they're at today, very significant upside from here. I think it can be the the largest company in the world. Um, in addition to that, uh, we also wanted to avoid uh, any significant overhang in in the Tencent share uh, because that's a not good for for us. It's also not good for Tencent. Bob van Dijk, thank you. Chief Executive Officer at Nuspaps on the line to us from Amsterdam this evening. Uh, Bob van Dijk, uh, the announcement today that uh, the company has raised 115 billion rand, not putting its precise number on the tax benefit for South Africa, but there's a capital gains tax opportunity there for South Africa for money that flows back into the country. Uh, Nuspaps will retain 31.2% of its stake in Tencent, selling down from 33.2%. Uh, Joe, this evening, why are you we talking about a possible downgrade don't be so negative we might get an upgrade joe i want what you're having um <laughs> it's it, the downgrade remains an, an ever present possibility it really does um i don't think it is going to happen but i certainly don't think that we're going to get an upgrade we could get a change in the outlook at the moment moody's has got us on one level one notch above junk with a negative outlook which means the next step is armageddon stuff um they may take us from negative to neutral which would be a huge positive step on that point joe i agree with you i don't think we're getting the downgrade at all but you never say never on the money show watching our timelines watching our news feeds and the moment uh, that news breaks if it breaks in the next 40 minutes and 20 seconds you'll hear it here on the money show the money show on cape talk your number one news and talk station just having a look at the brutal biz quiz this evening and I don't know this person's name, actually, but yeah, we'll talk about this person. We'll talk about their job, which they've been suspended from this week. That's 
the gist of the first question in tonight's Brutal Biz Quiz. Up for grabs tonight, honour, integrity, robust discussion and bragging rights for the whole week next week. And maybe even for two weeks because uh, with the public holiday on Friday, Good Friday public holiday, um, there won't be a need, there won't be a Biz Quiz on the Good Friday public holiday. So you'll have two weeks of bragging rights. How good is that? We'll play the Biz Quiz plus some of the best bits from the money show from the week that has been allowing you to play catch up here on a Friday night. The Money Show. The Markets. Andrew Bryson, a portfolio manager at Sunlum Private Wealth. Are you happy that Naspers has sold down some of its stake in Tencent? Uh, yeah, Bruce. Well, not with the price movement today, but uh, I think I think it's 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 good to see that they're able to sell that stake. I, I think there were some questions that uh, whether they'll be able to realize that, um, and it looks like uh, they have been able to. Um, and and in institution, institu- global institution snapped up the, that stock uh, fairly quickly. Why has the Nasdaq share price fallen as hard and fast as it has this week? Uh, well, I mean, firstly, I think we have to, to, to take into account the, the book build that, or at least the placement in Tencent stock um, uh, that we saw. Uh, so the Tencent price has been under pressure, and, and, and certainly that would have had an impact. Um, we also had, had um, the Tencent results, um, and, and unfortunately there, there was some disappointment that the top-line revenue uh, missed slightly. Um, but yeah, I think I think another um, potential uh, reason for that is, is that investors were hoping that some of this money might have been used for for share buybacks, um, and and I think uh, yeah, I mean I think I think that would have would have been uh, or seen more positive a reaction on the on the share price. Um, and the fact that they remain committed long term to ten cents uh, seems to be a positive thing. Goldman Sachs this week was talking about the the growth prospects for for ten cent, and the the markets remain considerably optimistic about continued growth and as. Uh, the chief executive of Nuspas, Bob Van Dijk, described this is probably the smartest tech management team in the world right now. Yeah, Bruce, I, I was looking at some numbers earlier, and, and I might be wrong here, but their investment in, uh, at least Nuspas' investment in Tencent, was, it was a few, few million dollars. Um, it was $33 million dollars in 2001. That was for the entire stake um, in Tencent. Now and that stake is worth two, uh, two trillion rand, uh, which forgive me for not getting my conversions right, but it's a huge, <laughs> extraordinary capital gain. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I think that sits at around 10 billion at the moment. Uh, you know, it's an incredible, uh, an incredible investment story. Uh, that that we've had play out locally on on that uh, on that stock, and 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 I think as as Bob alluded to, or Bob Fadeka alluded to, um, I think the growth story for Ten Ten still still very very positive. Um, you know, top ten, uh, one of the top ten businesses in the world, and uh, continuing to grow revenue at fifty percent is incredible. It is, and uh, but the markets are fickle things, and difficult things to 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 keep happy at all times. Uh, but retaining that stake in Nasdaq, uh, but retaining that stake in Ten Cent at thirty one point two percent, big gains today for some banks and local retailers. That suggests to me that the market is not anticipating a ratings downgrade from Moody's tonight. No, I, I don't think so, and, and I think the, the market has, has said that we'll probably, uh, you know, get through this one. Um, uh, you know, we're all waiting with bated breath, and I, as you say, I, I think it'll come through uh, pretty soon now. Um, yeah, I mean, the RAND and, 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 and South African bonds have been very, very strong, um, so I think investors feel that uh, uh, the Cyril's um, uh, camp has, has, has done enough. 
uh, and the changes we've seen to to some of the key institutions uh, are, are enough to 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 get uh, the rating agencies to hold. The the rate on the R one eight six government bond, which has been around eight and a half percent for a long time now, uh, today breaking to be stronger than or, or below seven point nine nine percent, below eight percent. Yeah, I mean, uh, you wouldn't have said uh, end of last year that that was the best place to to put your money, but but bonds have had a fantastic run, um, and and you know I think this this the serial effect and and this you know boost in business confidence that we've seen uh, is continuing is continuing to to have a positive uh, impact on on investor flows. It most certainly is, and it came through in banks, it came through in in locally focused retailers, um, and it came through in the currency strongly. I was surprised today to see, for example, British American tobacco recovering quite nicely today, um, despite the fact that the rand was as strong as it was. The, the rand hedges usually fall on their faces at a time when, when currency strengthens. Yeah, I think British American tobacco was, was a bit of an isolated story today. I think you know they've been selling, or that stock has at least sold off aggressively um, over, over the last few weeks. And I think probably a bit of bargain hunting coming back into, into that share. Okay. What about uh, trade wars between the United States and China? There's lots of saber rattling happening right now. Donald Trump last night taking the first steps towards um, uh, putting tariffs on the U.S. steel into China. The Chinese then shot back um, and the, the shouting match has begun. Yeah, I think this noise has been around for a while, and and I don't think it, we thought it would get to this point where where um, you know we might actually see tariffs being implemented. But uh, yeah, I mean certainly this is not good for uh, the global economy uh, at the moment, and 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 one hopes uh, you know that this it, it doesn't um, uh, you know it doesn't broaden into as you as you say a full a full full going uh, full going trade trade war. I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, tariffs are things that countries use to protect themselves, to protect their own industries. And for example, um, we might slap huge tariffs on imported clothing in South Africa, for example, to try and protect our almost non-existent clothing sector. Um, and while it's a noble idea, it, it does sort of push up the prices of most things to consumers. And um, the world's sort of progress in the world has been developed over the last couple of decades, largely as a result of free trade. What happens when you get into um, so-called trade wars? Does, does, does the world simply stop turning? Yeah, look, I, I think it, it's, it's difficult um, to, to, you know, to give a, you know, one answer. I, I think it will have a different impact on different countries, certainly countries that are, are more integrated in the global economy, um, like the US and, and, and like China. Um, you, you know, this, this can have a pronounced pronounced uh, profound impact on uh, on the consumers at least you know um, and and it, and it takes time to see these impacts um, uh, you know coming coming through to, to the to the end consumer so you know tariffs are certainly positive from from supporting industry but you know if you're supporting industry that's inefficient it, it doesn't necessarily uh, you know fulfill the right outcome or, or yeah Andrew Bryson, thank you very much indeed. Our market commentator this evening from Sunlum Private Wealth, Andrew Bryson. And before that, Bob Van Dyke, the Chief Executive Officer of Nuspass. In the next half hour, we'll bring you some of the best bits from The Money Show from the week that has been. We will also play the Brutal Biz Quiz. The Money Show is brought to you by Old Mutual, a licensed financial services provider. Today's the day. Get great financial advice. Do great things.
Well, the cricket in Newlands has been very, very exciting today. Cajiso Robada has been bowling like a champion and it's been great to have him involved today. Uh, we'll get an update with Morena in just a couple of minutes' time. Coming up on your next Money Show, Ian Mann, our book review guy, the managing director from Gateway's Business Consultants, is telling us all about white-collar criminals and really what makes them tick. It turns out everything you thought you knew about white-collar crime is a bit of a fallacy. Ian Mann reviewing a book all about white-collar criminals and make money monday special edition simon brown the financial educator will see if we can get under the skin of his money the money show on cape talk your number one news and talk station Brutal Biz Quiz in just a bit, but let's first update you on uh, some of the best bits from The Money Show this week. Uh, if you want to access The Money Show podcast, it's an incredibly simple thing to do, especially if you've got an Apple device, because all you do is you go, hey, Siri, play the latest Money Show podcast. Please work, please work, please work. Um, she thinks about it. It says open podcasts. And the latest Money Show podcast doesn't. Yes, there it is. <gasps> and it plays. I promise it does. Your hard-earned cash. There we go. Wants a piece of it. With old mutual invest- and depending on the network you're on, it works a little bit quicker and, and than others. But yes, without any physical intervention from me, my phone did that by simply asking Siri to do it. Now, I apologize for all of the series that I activated on your phones. It happens. But if you don't want to do that and you just want to catch up on a Friday night with some of the best bits from The Money Show, we make it easy for you to do so as well. But the idea is that we direct you to the podcast in case you've missed something or in case you want to share something. And sharing is caring. Um, shared with the, with the good people in your life. Uh, Lauren Fine, a director litigation at Norton Rose Fulbright, was our guest earlier on this week. And there was a really interesting high court judgment in the Western Cape, which I think a lot of people got in, uh, their knickers in a twist all over. Um, and that was that there was a change in the onus of proof if you were wanting to borrow money. Up until recently, you've had to provide multiple documents, including things like bank statements. And not everybody in South Africa has a bank statement to prove their income. If you're involved in the informal cash economy. You simply don't have a bank statement. So Lauren Fine, Director of Litigation at Norton Rose Fulbright, clarified the court ruling that said there's no need anymore to collect the the same level of documentation that was required when applying for credit. So the situation is as it was prior to the regulations being promulgated. The credit provider will determine for itself its own evaluative mechanisms or models and procedures to be used in meeting the assessment obligations. Um, They will still probably be asking for all the documentation that they would have asked for previously, but where it doesn't exist, they can ask for further documentation or other authentic documentation. Is there any Uh, risk here at all, Lauren? Sorry to interrupt. Is there any risk here at all that it becomes open season on, on reckless lending once again? I don't think so because, remember, it is in the interest of the retailers to only provide credit to those who can repay. It's always been in their interest to be responsible lenders so that they don't get uh, lose out uh, when, when, uh, when times go tough again. That didn't work very well in the past. There was, still, there was massive reckless lending and people just simply tried to get themselves to the front of the queue in terms of being uh, preferential creditors. It was a shambles. Yeah. Doesn't this set us back? I don't think so. The obligation to conduct that assessment is still very much in force. And so that remains in force. That is uh, part of the new dispensation. Does it uh, put an additional burden on retailers when it comes to assessing risk, when it comes to fully understanding um, the, the financial situation of the person who wants to borrow money? 
these retailers are advanced retailers. They have systems in place uh, and checks and balances where they will properly do their assessment. We certainly hope so. We don't want people getting themselves into all kinds of trouble. Well, on Tuesday, we woke up to the news that President Cyril Ramaphosa had suspended the SARS commissioner, Tom Moyane. People have been baying for his blood for an awfully long time. The rumour mill was that Tom Moyane was asked to step down from his position as SARS commissioner. He declined, and the president then suspended him. And there was quite a ferocious exchange of written communication between the two. Now, we spoke to the former SARS spokesman, Adrian Lacay, He says more is needed to be done to restore the image of SARS in the eyes of the great South African public. A lot of questions still has to be answered. Um, What role did KPMG play? What pressure was put on them? The Sikakane panel going back to 2014. Um, Who brought the charges to the walks? Who put pressure on law enforcement? Um, That ultimately led to the summons against Mr. Pravin Gordon as Minister of Finance and so on. And, and I think once the proper leadership is in place, um, hopefully in, in, in not too far distant future, and the process can begin to restore the credibility of SARS, where it can actually start to rebuild public trust and confidence uh, of taxpayers in the institution. We've got Mark Kingan, who you worked with at SARS previously, now as the acting commissioner. Um, the smart money is on a new commissioner coming in the form of the former deputy finance minister, Mkibisi Jonas. You hear things at the, uh, through, the through the grapevine. Uh, uh, does, it, fine? Uh, uh, does it support your intelligence? Let me give you the spin, Dr. answer, Bruce, and say I would fully support uh, Mr. Mkibisi Jonas as someone to lead the institution, um, politically and otherwise. He's someone of integrity. We've all seen the stance he took when he was uh, offered money by a particular family uh, to become the finance minister. He, he stood his ground. He's worked with Minister Pravin Gordon in the portfolio of Deputy Minister of Finance. And I think he's got sufficient credibility to steer uh, the institution out of a very difficult rut and hopefully restore some of its previous dignity. Was that a yes? I don't know. But that's why he was a great spin doctor um, at SARS in his day there, of course. Our Make Money Monday special edition guest was the comedian John Flissmas, pierced to the hilt and a very deep and thoughtful guy with really interesting thoughts around money and the way in which money should be invested. A South African comedian with very few equals. He told us how he came up with his ideas around comedy. It all started when I um, I met Peter Dirk Ace, who's one of my absolute heroes. I was about to say very Ace-ish. It's very Ace-ish. And he told me that in his own incredible way. Um, I saw a show he once did where he was fooling around with a doll as a character, and it was very funny. And then suddenly he dropped the doll into a spotlight, and he started kicking it to death. And <sighs> it became the death of Steve Beaker. It was like the most Jeez. horrifying thing of going from like laughing to feeling kind of horrified at yourself and then he said after he said my darling you must always plant some spikes amongst the fluff and that i've never forgotten that's the most important thing anyone's ever said to me well that's the difference i suppose between laugh out loud comedy and satire satire allows you um to be a lot more edgy yeah i think i think without danger comedy is rubbish um, <laughs> I think Can I write people, that down? Without, da- without, with, <laughs> without danger, comedy is rubbish. I, like I hate that. harmless, fluffy comedians. They're just yeah. idiots. They need to be at the braai talking to their friends. I like the comedians with the death threats from Steve Hoffmeyer. That's, that's great comedy.
Have you had some of that? I have, indeed. I've had death threats from Steve Hoffman. I'm very proud of them. I wear them like a badge. In fact, I think they've got me some work in pictures. Um, um, <laughs> I get extra points. Um, yeah, so I have. Uh, but I, I think, um, I think uh, it's the enemy of stupid uh, satire, you know. Stupid people yeah. get offended, and, and it's, it's not really – I always say to people, if they're easily offended, they're definitely bigots of some description. We haven't uncovered their bigotry yet, but we'll get there. I mean, is offence a critical part of what you do? Um, yes. And you, you, you go out seeking to offend as a, a – almost like prodding the – I don't know, getting a, a sharp stick and prodding it at her uncles. Yeah, I think South Africans generally settle into states of uh, apathy and uh, being offended is what wakes them up. So in the mm. Constitution specifically, the words are, uh, I think, uh, shock, disturb – and discomfort. Um, th that is the right of any artist to do those things. And in fact, uh, some very clever judges have said it's, it's very necessary. An incomparable John Flismus on The Money Show. It's a thoughtful guy for a funny guy. I mean, he's very naughty. Uh, coming up also this evening, a part of a discussion I had with Joni Petty. Now, Joni Petty is somebody who I, I see from time to time, and invariably she hassles me about the fact that I look as though I had enough sleep, I've had too many pies, whatever it might be. She's a very, very critical individual. And that's why we like her. She's remarkable. The Science of Sleep. And sleep consultant Joni Petty explained why in the workplace, if you are not getting enough sleep, if your colleagues are not getting enough sleep, you're being a useless work colleague. And it's not going to do you any good in the short term at work and certainly not going to do you any good as you get older. We and talk then, about sleep mm. as the Swiss army knife of health and well-being. <gasps> Isn't like that beautiful? That. The Swiss army knife. So actually no longer trading in your health for your wealth because many of, of the people that I work with do that. It's like I want to get to the top. I'm gung-ho to get that promotion. And, you know, I'm just going to give myself a bit of kind of self-talk and grit and I'm going to push through. And, of course, as the stress increases, so your cortisol in your system increases, that inflames your brain as well. C cortisol and is the stress hormone, right? It is indeed. And it actually, it shrinks a certain part of your brain, wait for it, the prefrontal cortex, and that's the executive functioning of your brain. So that's the <laughs> part of your brain, exactly. You're hoping yours is working right now after the long day. But that uh, executive functioning of your brain is your decision-making, is your problem-solving, is your um, creative thinking. So when you're, you're just doing yourself, it's self-sabotage, actually, if you do not sleep enough and you just grit your way through days, you're trading in your health for your wealth. Uh, and people lie to themselves. They say, you know what, I just do this for five years. I just want to get to the top and yep. then, and, but you breed your own bad habits internally. You do. And I worry about our children. I worry about the role modeling that we do with our children. Because we do know with social media and our children being on social media, the worldwide research on emotional intelligence is that certainly in the teens, between 11 and 18, our EQ levels are going down worldwide. Joni Penny, who, uh, Joni Petty, I beg your pardon, um, who uh, shouts at executives on a regular basis for not looking after themselves well enough. Um, she was our guest in the science of sleep, an absolutely critical business tool, believe it or not. So next time you're caught napping at your desk, tell them you heard it on the radio that it was good for you to have a power nap and that your boss should be grateful that you are um, recharging for the ferocious afternoon of work that you have ahead. Try it. Otherwise, you're going to get fired anyway. The
The Money Show. The Biz Quiz. The Brutal Biz Quiz on a Friday night, bragging rights for a full two weeks, because there won't be a Money Show this time next week, courtesy of it being uh, Good Friday. Alexander Nix was suspended as chief executive of which company this week? Up until this week, Alexander Nix has been running a particular company, and now he is suspended. From which company was he suspended? Uh, give us a call on 011-883-0702-021-446-0567 to play tonight's Brutal Biz Quiz. Which company suspended its founder and chief executive, Alexander Nix, this week? The Money Show. The Biz Quiz. 011-883-0702-021-446-0567 to play the Brutal Biz Quiz this evening. Which company suspended Alexander Nix as chief executive? Philip? Uh, uh, Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica, absolutely right. The board of directors suspended the chief executive, Alexander Nix, on Tuesday, shortly before the second part of the British broadcaster Channel 4's expose on the firm's methods. Basically, they've been stealing your personal data if you're on Facebook. Which tyre brand was advertised in the 1980s featuring a staffy in a dog race to the tune of Chariots of Fire? Uh, Dunlop. What do you mean, no, uh, Dunlop? Uh, You're absolutely right, Philip. <laughs> oh. uh, it, it grips was the was the payoff line on a Tuesday. Andy Rice was talking about how the Thai category has always been a great category for advertisers. If you remember that advert and you remember the classic music from Chariots of Fire and Mfubu, the uh, little staffy that had featured in the movie Jock the Bushveld, um, it was brilliant. Name the furniture retailer knocked out of the top 40 of the JSC on Monday. Joshua Dore. You don't have any uncles in any business, I'm afraid, Philip. <laughs> uh, that's wrong. Uh, not Joshua Dore. Um, 011-883-0702-021-446-0567. Michael, which furniture retailer was knocked out of the top 40 on Monday? Sign-off. Sign-off is absolutely right. Sign-off into properties, fortress and resilient property funds dropped out of the JSC's top 40 index in their place. Can you name any of the companies, Michael, that have replaced those four? Uh, not, not offhand. Sorry. In, no, 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 don't go, don't go, don't go. It's just a curiosity rather than a biz quiz question. Uh, Imperial, Truworth, Fushini and Spa are the newest entrants yep. into the top 40. Which comedian has a show called The Good Racist and he also boasts about his death threats from Steve Hoffman? John Flissmas. John Flissmas is absolutely right. I make money Monday's guest. Who, Michael, is Jerome Powell? Is the new head of the Fed in the U.S. Oh, Michael's good. Michael's good at this game. Michael is very good at this game. 011-883-0702-021-446-0567. If you think Michael is about to trip and fall over his shoelaces. What is the name of the Chinese company that operates WeChat? Tencent. Michael, I cannot, I cannot fault you. 
You have put not a foot wrong. You are the Wizard of the Biz Quiz, and you will be for the next two weeks because um, the Money Show, of course, is not broadcasting next Friday because of Good Friday public holiday. So you're the Wizard of the Biz Quiz for a full two weeks. You can get yourself a T-shirt made at your expense, which says, I am the Wizard of the Brutal Biz Quiz. And you can put a hashtag on the back, genius, if you like. Um, you could choose whatever color scheme you like. You are the Wiz of the Brutal Biz Quiz on this Friday night. Well done to you, Michael, in Johannesburg, uh, coming through and taking over the reins of the biz quiz this evening. A really good performance this week. Nasbaris announced it will sell down part of its stake in the Chinese technology giant. And we spoke to the chief executive of Nasbaris this evening, Bob van Dijk, on the line to us from Amsterdam, where Nasbaris has committed to retaining the 31.2% stake that it remains in its, uh, in its control for at least the next three years. From the 20... 20- The Money Show is brought to you by Old Mutual, a licensed financial services provider. Today's the day. Get great financial advice. Do great things. If anybody's got any bright ideas in the next 15 minutes or so as to what somebody could wear to a 1980s party when you've got nothing from the 1980s in your cupboard, help. Tell me what I must do. Tweet me on at Bruce Business, please. I need all the help I can get. Some ideas, please. Rad ideas. I've got 20 minutes to 